When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. F1A's FIBA World Cup is over. Now, France has lost its first two games of the tournament to Canada and Latvia, so they were eliminated pretty much off jump. They played a final game of the tournament a couple days ago. And now reality may be setting in on what his future holds with the Knicks. Speaking with Euro Hoops, the French guard sounded more resigned to his fate that a trade this offseason might not happen. He said, quote, we'll see. Obviously, I want to play again. I want to have success. I know I can help. I know I can play. I know I can do many things. But then he added, as you know, it's not in my hands. If the Knicks want to keep me, I'll have to stay. If they want me to trade me, I'll have to go. And earlier this summer, Fournier had said he felt, quote, hatred for what had been going, what he had gone through last season sitting on the Knicks bench this past offseason. Uh, he also said that he'd be, quote, shot he remained in New York and that it quote wasn't possible otherwise for him not to get traded. So he went from, it's not possible that I won't get traded to now saying it's out of my hands. If the Knicks keep me, I'll have to stay over the course of the three games. Fournier played with France. He averaged 21.7 points per game. He shot 48% from the field and shot 37% from three. But during those minutes, he played Fournier uh, accumulated a combined minus 20 over the course of the tournament, as I mentioned, the French team that had high expectations was eliminated in group play. So do you think Fournier now knows, Tommy, that a trade is unlikely given these comments or are we taking it too far? Maybe he's just trying to play a good soldier at this point. Yeah, I think he's just covering his bases. You know, as we've talked about, the Knicks are in no, they don't have to trade him. Obviously, they'd like to do right by the player. He'd prefer a new fresh start. They'd prefer him having a fresh start, but as we've discussed, that that contract could potentially be a, a valuable trade chip if you have a larger deal and you need to match salaries. Um, so there's no real rush on the Knicks end, and I think he understands the situation. He's probably talked with front office, you know, trying to ease, calm the waters a little bit. He's discussed it with his agency, uh, with his agents rather. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where people understand that, um, you know, it's it's – it's not the ideal situation, but at the end of the day, he is getting paid $19 million right. um, to, to sit on the sideline and practice, et cetera. Um, so, uh, you know, what does he want to play? Of course. Is he, is he a prideful athlete? Of course. All the things we discussed. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, as you know, he understand he has a he has a probably just a little bit uh, some some time away has given him a little bit better perspective on the entire situation. So um, I think that's kind of where both parties are at at the moment. Yeah, it seems to me that Fournier may be realizing that the strategy that he used to start this offseason did not work. He essentially was just trying to try to go scorched earth. He was going to talk about his uh, lack of a relationship with the front office. I mean, in that interview he did earlier this summer with the French magazine, he said, you know, he wanted to spit on everybody. Like, that's how angry he was with the situation. And that, to me, was his strategy and his agent's strategy to say, hey, make this such an untenable situation that the Knicks are forced to either trade you uh, or even buy you out or something. We got to get you out of here, though. Um, and he mentioned in that interview that, you know, essentially, you know, two years without playing 
would be a death sentence to his career. If you play this last season where he got very little time after losing his spot in the starting lineup and the rotation, and then this whole season where he doesn't play a lot, that you know, essentially he becomes a, a fringe NBA player, which, as we said on the podcast, we understand that that definitely would be the case. But it didn't work. Uh, the Knicks stood firm. The Knicks did not get a trade offer that that appeased them. They weren't able to attach him into a deal for a star that made sense for them at this point in time. So Evan Fournier stays. And I think for Evan, it's one of those things where it's, you know, do you want to make your life hell when you go back to New York and become this big pariah in the locker room, big pariah among the fan base? Or do you want to just say, hey, you know, they're paying me. That's where I got to be. It is what it is. I think he's choosing the latter and it's a smart move on his part because he, he doesn't have the leverage. He's not a good enough player for the Knicks to really be scoffed at this idea that he's going to cause wave or he's going to be this big issue. And that he's not as good enough player where teams are going to be clamoring and say, well, Hey, we want this guy's services because we know he can contribute. There are question marks about whether or not he can still contribute, even though he's a great shooter, he's a terrible defensive player and his impact on winning. We, we really haven't seen over the last year and a half. So that really is where it is with Fournier. And I think he's coming to grips with that and it didn't help him despite the big numbers he put up in this tournament, it did not help him that France flamed out so miserably. You know, he needed to have a a long tournament run. He needed to show that his scoring could impact winning. And France lost some teams, uh, especially in Latvia, that they just were not expected to lose to. So, um, so, so the fact that you, you, you have that tournament where he has these numbers and he still puts up a minus 20, it just, it speaks to what, the Knicks have been saying about him and what really fans have been saying about him since he got here. Exactly. And and the key point is leverage. You know, this is not Dame Lillard demanding a trade. This is not, uh, you know, James Harden potentially threatening to hold out. This is a right. player that wasn't a part of the rotation down the stretch for the final, you know, 60 games of the season. Um, you know, Tibbs gave an opportunity to come off the bench. He did not perform well in, in those opportunities. And, um, Starting him alongside Jalen Brunson is really not an option. Most of us thought that going into the season. We learned that early on in the season. When Tibbs made the adjustment, um, Knicks improved, um, got a little bit better when he went to the bench, got even a little bit better when he was excluded from the rotation. Again, that's not to say that he can't have a valuable place on the right team and the right system. Um, Every team needs to three-point shooters. Uh, You know, he he set a franchise record in in three-point makes two years ago. Um, so again, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an avenue there. There's a situation. There's a path towards him having relevancy in the NBA. He wants to get there, um, but it's just not you know with New York at the moment. So I think he's just you know taking going through you know talking about paths, taking the path of least resistance. Not you know causing waves is not going to get the you know he's not going to increase his trade value anymore. Right. Threatening coaches and saying that he's not happy. He's a guy that's always spoken his mind. Um, as we talked about at the time, it was almost surprising that his controversial quotes with that French uh, outlet didn't come earlier. You know, I feel like right. if we would have talked to him during the end of last season, he would have made similar comments because again, he's a prideful player. He wants to play. Yeah. He thinks he can play. He can, as he showed, he can score 30 points in a FIBA game, 20 points in a FIBA game. Um, but the issue is it, it, it's a net negative. If you can't defend as well on the other end. Um, and that's the, and, and as we talked about in the, in the pot earlier this week, Josh Hart doesn't score a ton of points, but his but he leads Team USA in plus minus because he does all these other things well. With Fournier, if his shot isn't dropping, then it's a really huge huge issue. So um, again, I think the best you know 
the best uh, approach for Fournier would be to you know keep himself in shape, show up to camp, and you never know. Does Quentin Grimes yeah. have an ankle issue? Does IQ uh, you know uh, sprain a, a thumb? You, you, there's always something that can pop up, and and all of a sudden you get thrust into the rotation, and then you have an opportunity to play, which is what you you're saying you want, and then you have an opportunity to boost your your trade value, show you show other teams that listen. Um, you know, we can make this happen and, and, and go that route. Do you think uh, Fournier dresses for Nick games this year? Or do you think they send him home? I would say no. I, I would say it's probably less likely that he does. I wouldn't be shocked, um, you know, if he's on the bench. And again, you know, throughout his career, he's been a professional. Even last year when he was obviously unhappy, um, he did the right thing. You know, he kept quiet for the most part and, and, and showed up and was available to play at that one big game, um, you know, when, when RJ was sick. So, yep, the sixth um, game. Yeah. So again, I don't think it, it, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he uh, uh, was on the bench, but I think it's probably best for both sides um, to kind of extradite him from the situation. Um, you know, there's, there's enough going on in NBA season. We don't want to have outside drama unless he comes in and says all the right things and speaks with Tibbs before, um, you know, but before the start of training camp and speaks with Leon Rose, et cetera, and, and chats with his teammates and say, you know, because listen, all his teammates understand, you know, like it's not hard to, uh, you know, uh, especially if you're a professional athlete, even us on the outside looking in, they can only dream of having the, you know, the athletic success that, that, that Evan Fournier is at, um, to, to want to continue to prove that you can do it. Um, so his, so his teammates will definitely understand. Um, yeah. But, you know, you don't want media asking questions and asking Tibbs, you know, yada, 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 yeah. one of those. So I could see a situation where they agree to separate and, and you know, it's unless an injury comes, then, then get him back in camp. Uh, but I could also, there's certainly an option there where they just say, hey, uh, worst case scenario, we hold you out until February. We try to include you in a deal at the deadline. Um, the moment, uh, you know, three o'clock on that Thursday, you know, whatever, February 9th, whatever it is, 301. We release you, um, you know, we, we agree to a buyout and then you're free to sign with any other team. Um, and obviously there's that three week window, whereas if you sign with the team prior to, I believe it's March 1st, you can play with that team in the post. Right. So that obviously gives an opportunity to get acclimated to a new team, et cetera. Um, so I think that's probably the most likely scenario. And then, of course, there's always the option that the Knicks um, trade them before the start of the season. You know, maybe the Spurs, you know, need to get to that salary sure. floor. Uh, maybe Harden says, you know, I'm not playing. So when Bede says I'm out and, uh, you know, Giannis and, and all this other stuff that's going on, is it likely? No, but, you know, that that's always an option as well. Yeah, the NBA is an unpredictable place. Yeah. I also think when it came to uh, Fournier's comments that uh, the fine he saw Harden got, I think also maybe made him temper some of the words he'd used in terms of talking about the Knicks. I, I thought Harden's fine was ridiculous. I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous given some of the other trade requests we've seen that got no fine or no kind of discipline. But nonetheless, uh I thought that it was interesting when you mentioned Harden that you know Fournier who said these very inflammatory things about the Knicks, similar to Harden talking about the Sixers front offices that uh, Fournier was a lot different talking about the Knicks next time around. But um yeah we'll have to see what happens with the Evan Fournier situation will be one to continue to follow.